Welcome back to Actually Adultish, the best podcast on the planet. My name is Christina and I'm your host. And I just wanted to say thank you if you subscribed. If you haven't left a rating or review on iTunes yet, I would really, really like it if you could do that. It helps spread the word about the podcast and just shows us some love. You can give us criticism, tell me what you want to hear next, all that fun stuff. Also, loving our not-so-secret Facebook group, Actually Adultish Podcast Nation. If you haven't joined it yet, you should definitely go to Facebook, search it, request to join. I will add you. It's a party. I share a lot of things about my friends that I shouldn't share. Wink, wink, Addie Martanovic. Just join the Facebook group and then you'll understand. We talk about Bumble and Tinder and weird shit. Okay. I'm really excited because this week I have a very interesting guest. One of the smartest people I've ever met in my whole life. He is a biohacker, basically. A science writer. And... We'll we'll just get into the interview and then you'll understand. His name is Spencer Brooks. I'm really excited to have met him and I know he will have a lot of interesting things to share. Part of the reason why I wanted to have Spencer on here was because I want to talk about ketogenic diets and ketosis because there's been a lot of stuff on social media and just on the internet recently about ketosis and just a lot of myths and rumors and misrepresentations and... I know a lot about keto and I have a lot of experience with it, but I wanted to have somebody on here who is really experienced with it and can explain all the science behind it and can just sort of basically back up my opinions. (laughs) And Spencer knows a lot about it, but we're going to talk about other things too, biohacking, but I just wanted to preface it with that. So let's get into the interview. Hello, Spencer. Hey, Christina. (laughs) So why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hello, listeners. <laughs> uh, my name is Spencer Brooks, and I am a former writer for Bulletproof Nutrition, and currently I'm a wellness consultant. Cool. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so you're like a science writer, right? Yes. So I am big into the world of biohacking. Uh, which is the idea that you can hack your biology the way you would a computer, right? So using things like diet, exercise, supplements, drugs, meditation, uh, pretty much anything under the sun to improve your biology and your performance. Yes, I'm so glad you defined that because whenever I say that, people are like, what's biohacking? It's a weird term. Yeah, that was a really good definition. Okay, so let's just start off at the beginning. How did you first get into biohacking? So I used to be obese, borderline obese. Um, And I tried all kinds of things to lose the weight. Uh, You know, all the traditional advice, a low-fat diet, lots of exercise, and it would come off, but then I would put it right back on. And it's, I stumbled onto biohacking one day and bulletproof. Um, if you guys have heard of butter coffee, that's bulletproof. Um, (laughs) I was, it was my freshman year of college and I 
I was on winter break and I came downstairs one morning and my stepdad was fiddling with the blender and I was like, Fred, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, it's bulletproof coffee. Like it's butter and oil and coffee. You got to try it. It's amazing. Um, and I was really hesitant because I was still doing the low fat diet. I was still kind of struggling to take this weight off and I was scared of fat, but he convinced me to try it. And, uh, from the first couple sips, I felt amazing. Um, and he was like, yeah, like this company's got a blog. You should go check it out. And so I did. And Bulletproof is all about biohacking. And I started reading up and just the idea that, uh, there are so many tools, free tools, most of them that you can use to kind of take control of your health really appealed to me. And so I started doing research. I switched my major to neuroscience in college and really dug into uh, the kind of art and science of human performance. Yeah. And I think that's what's so remarkable about it is people don't realize how much power we have over our biology. And it's almost scary how much we do have, you know, like, like you're saying, they're free tools. Like you can change your life with your nutrition and right. exercise and other things that you don't have to go get a pill from the doctor for. No. And, and I mean, it, what's funny is like mainstream health still thinks that things like calories in and calories out. Yeah. You know, they think that's legitimate and that, uh, a piece of cake that's 400 calories will have the same effect on your body as say a 400 calorie steak. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's important to get the word out that no, like the fuel you put in your body matters and gets processed differently. We're far more complex machines than just calories in calories out. And, and there's just so many ways that you can kind of tweak your body to improve your day to day life. Yeah. Well, part of me doesn't know if it's that they still believe that or if they figured it out, but they just want the money right. because that's how, I mean, there are so many conditions that people go see a doctor for and pay for that they don't need to be or pills or I mean, all these programs for weight loss, the reason they work is because, well, they don't work. The reason they are in existence are because of repeat customers, because you might lose the weight right now and then you're going to gain it back. You yes. Know? And oh, I think that's a huge problem. Actually, it's cool that you bring that up. Um, Did you ever try any like programs or just like the basic? Not specific ones. Mm -hmm. um, I just did like classic low fat and low yeah. calorie combined with. Were you uh, were you a cardio person? I was. I hate cardio. Same. Um, it's the worst. It's so boring. <laughs> it makes me want and, to kill myself. Yes. And like my my knees and Achilles tendons have only just recovered uh, mm. from you know a couple years of running. I did it stupidly too. I was running two half marathons every week with shorter runs in between oh on top of eating like 1,100 calories a day and oh shitty food at that. Uh, so I wrecked my body doing that. Yeah. That was yeah. taking a long time to, well, yes, a really long time to recover from. Yeah. It took a lot of kind of careful nutrition and training to build my joints back up. So 
when you so you found bulletproof and then i'm assuming did you get the book or did you just research i got the book and i read every blog post i could find yeah um and then did you, did you immediately just dive into the diet, the Bulletproof diet? Yes. Within a month of drinking that first cup of coffee, I was fully on the Bulletproof diet. And that was the first time that I had uh, been able to eat and had to have a healthy relationship with food without gaining a ton of weight. Okay. Before we get any further, can mm. you differentiate um, uh, the Bulletproof diet from a classic strict ketogenic diet? Sure. So, or like, how would you explain the Bulletproof diet to people? So the Bulletproof diet is a high fat and low carb diet, which is counterintuitive. Um, based Depen on, depending on who you are. Right. I mean, you know, if, if, if you're new, if you're one of us, then not. If you're one of us, then not. <laughs> if you're an other, then. <laughs> but if you're, if you're used to kind of like the traditional me medical advice and yeah. dietary advice that the government pushes, uh, you're supposed to stay away from fat, right? But fat is amazing. The shit. It's the best. It's, the it's amazingly good for you. Um, and the Bulletproof Diet suggests about 70% of your calories from healthy fats. Um, mm and moderate protein. Uh, a lot of people eat more protein than they need. And then like 5% of your calories from carbs. So very low carb with one higher carb day every week. And, uh, that kind of trains your body to burn fat for fuel because it doesn't have carbs to rely on. And, rolled into that with the bulletproof diet lots of veggies lots of anti-inflammatory foods uh inflammation's a big cause of disease and so cutting all the cutting the gluten cutting the bad right. dairy cutting the soy and processed cutting, inflammatory oils and all yeah, that yeah and cutting out of course you know sugar mm -hmm. is a huge one um high fructose corn syrup um cheap vegetable oils and all that bad all that stuff. all that shit yeah. that you shouldn't be eating whole so, simple foods um and then that com so bulletproof compared to keto like straight classic keto so a ketogenic diet is when you eat low carb all the time without re-upping on carbs once a week mm -hmm. um and what that does is you basically get to a point where you have almost no carbs in your system ever and uh, your body, you force your body to start burning exclusively fat for fuel. And that comes with a couple really cool benefits. Okay, before we get further, because yeah. I just want to keep this, I'm trying to, because I know some people are listening to this and literally never heard of. Yeah. And some people don't even know what a carbohydrate is, mm. to be honest. Like, yeah. So when you're saying... No carbs in your system. What does that mean exactly? So carbohydrates, uh, think, you know, bread, rice, sugar, uh, starches, um, those fruits, those are the high carbohydrate foods that you want to cut out of your diet if you're doing keto. Mm -hmm. But can you still have the low carbohydrate non-starchy? Yes. Vegetables. So, because I know some people don't believe this, but vegetables do, are, they are carbohydrates, <laughs> even when they're low in them. They definitely are. <laughs> um, 
but they are largely fiber. Mm -hmm. Um, and they do have a few carbs, but it's very important to get your veggies. Uh, they are incredibly nutrient dense. They have all kinds of cool anti-inflammatory compounds. Mm -hmm. They're great for brain health. Um, and gut health. And so, yeah, you do definitely want to get your veggies on a ketogenic diet. Um, but so those are what, those are what carbs are, those kind of starchy grains and, mm -hmm. and foods like that, sugars. And, and the classic bulletproof diet also has a higher carb day and like protein fast as well, right? You can add in, yeah, it's a little bit more advanced. But you can did go, you do that? I did uh, for a while. Did you I, like that? I didn't feel great on it, to be honest. I didn't. That feel, doesn't appeal to me at all. No. Um, so the, <laughs> <TBH>. idea, <laughs> the idea is that you go one day a week without eating any protein and that it'll decrease inflammation even further. Um, I wasn't a fan of that. I like mm -hmm. my meat. And... So I don't do protein fasting. So how fast after starting Bulletproof did you lose weight? So I was, uh, I had lost a bunch of weight. I was actually lighter than I had ever been uh, when I started Bulletproof. I was 161 pounds. I'm 200 now. Um, and because I was basically anorexic. I mean, I was, I was barely eating and exercising all the time. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but like I said, I would go through these cycles where I lose that weight, but then I would put it right back on. Um, Bulletproof allowed me to keep that weight off effortlessly and start healthily putting on muscle while burning fat. Mm -hmm. And did you do um, intermittent fasting like from the start? Yeah. So fasting, you know, going for a certain period of time without eating is amazing for you. Um, it regenerates your cells. Uh, it, it's anti-cancer. It burns fat really effectively. And uh, it's also kind of a pain in the ass. You get really hungry. You can get low energy. And um, But there's a hack for that, right? You can, you can do intermittent fasting, which is where you go, say, 15 to 18 hours a day without eating. And then you cram all your meals into the remaining, you know, six to eight hours. Um, so you're still getting a full day's worth of food, but when you concentrate it into a short time frame, uh, you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. Hopefully not. You, know. <laughs> you can have keto cake. <laughs> you can have keto cake. Hopefully there's no sugar in your cake. I'll but, make it. Right. Uh, but you can get the benefits of fasting and then also get all the nutrients you want from food. And that I've been doing that for six years now, almost every day. Okay. I want to like reiterate something that you said, because this is something that bothers me. I find that a lot of people will use intermittent fasting as a way to not eat enough. Do you want to, Whereas what he said was you're cramming a full day's worth of food into that time period, which is important because I see people who will say, oh, I'm intermittent fasting. And then they have one meal for dinner and it's, you know, some steamed broccoli and half a chicken thigh. And then they think that they're set. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> So would you care to elaborate that? I would that? love to, because this is a problem I see a lot, um, especially there are all these products coming out that 
are really good at curbing your hunger and making fasting a little bit easier. Um, the biggest one right now is keto OS, uh, yeah, which is getting more and more popular. It's this little packet that you can drink. Uh, you pour it in water and drink it, and it basically kind of puts you into ketosis. Um, it's like a cheat to get into that fat burning state, sort of. It curbs your hunger really well. What do you mean, sort of? So when you eat a high fat, low carb diet, um, you rewire your, you know, biology to your metabolism to burn fat, to convert it into ketones, which your body and brain can use for energy. Uh, now that means you're burning your own fat stores all the time, which is amazing, right? Most of us want to be burning fat. Um, keto OS and these kind of exogenous ketone supplements, supplements where you can get ketones from external sources, uh, your body will turn to those for fuel before its own fat stores. So they will actually keep you from burning your own fat. They can be great for mental clarity. And um, if, you know, a ketogenic diet is great for epilepsy, for example, and these, these kind of exogenous ketones uh, can be really therapeutic in medical conditions. But for the average person, they're actually going to go against your goals most of the time, especially if you're in a full ketogenic diet. And the particular problem with keto OS, uh, which it drives me crazy when I see people taking this and being like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm getting all the benefits of keto. Uh, I'm going to go into a little bit of science. Here. Yeah, little, do it. A little bit of That's why I want you here. <laughs> um, so keto OS is a ketone salt, uh, beta hydroxybutyrate. And, uh, you think of like when you look at yourself in the mirror, right? You're seeing a reflection. You're not seeing a faithful image of yourself. Um, well, in chemistry, there are racemic mixtures, which means that there are two molecules that are mirror images of each other in a half and half split. And uh, your body can only use one of those molecules. The mirror image, it just throws away, but it still shows up in your blood. So... Keto OS is a racemic split, and both molecules show up in your blood. So if you test yourself, it looks like you're in deep ketosis. But in reality, you're not really using half of that. In fact, your body has to work hard to process it and get rid of it because it views it as a toxin. And that can be really counterproductive. Also, I just want to point out from a non-scientific, like exogenous ketones like keto OS also aren't just the exogenous ketones. They always have something else in there. <laughs> yes. So they're also... Uh, like stevia and milk. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're very high in salt, mm -hmm. which... Mm, depending on the salt it's like for example you don't want to get a lot of calcium because you're probably getting plenty of it from your diet already uh, and too much of it can lead to kidney stones and a lot of these supplements are really high in calcium and i'm just i'm 
I'm a fan of doing it the old-fashioned way. Same. I don't, I don't like these shortcuts. I think that there's no... Uh, you don't need that. You don't need them. You don't need that. You're going to feel better anyway without them. And, and uh, back to the original point mm-hmm. we were talking about, you know, people are taking these and they're they're using them as appetite suppressants and they're going all day without eating mm-hmm. and then they're going to bed with like, you know, like you said, a plate of broccoli yeah. and half a chicken breast in their stomachs and nothing else. That is incredibly unhealthy. Yeah. You, even, I mean, that was an exaggeration, but even this is why people, I find a lot of people, they'll say, oh, well, I fasted and then I had two meals, but even though still, still those two meals were only maybe 11, 1200 calories and then they wonder why they're gaining weight and I'm like, you're not eating enough. You know, Um, like sometimes it's accidental. Sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes people think that they're eating enough and they're not. Right. And you don't want to do that for a long time. I mean, that's, that's this other kind of myth, which is, uh, you can lose weight by just not eating and you will short term if you really radically cut calories, but you're also going to damage your metabolism Mm -hmm. and your body is going to freak out because it thinks it's, it's starving, right? It's, and it'll compensate by trying to hold on to energy and lowering your metabolic rate and uh then you know you go from burning a normal amount of calories a day to far fewer and then you start putting on weight yeah so it's it's you know if you're trying to lose weight and you're listening to this uh eat good whole foods i recommend trying a high fat lower carb diet uh, and eat eat enough calories. Just eat well. Go for quality of food over quantity. That's far more important. So, is there an people are gonna? So, is there an upper limit to fat? Yes. You. Your stomach can only handle so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the best way to put it. You know, you, you'll get sick. <laughs> you'll get sick. Or have the shits. Right. <laughs> um, you know, at bulletproof food, we had an affectionate term for it. We call it disaster pants, mm-hmm. um, which is a nice way of saying, you know, if you eat too much fat, you'll shit yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what about in terms of weight? In terms of like, weight. I know people, people will get scared, you know? Yeah. Is um, there an upper limit? Not really. I mean, you know, no, but it is important that you, uh, get good fats. So saturated fats are great. Um, omega threes are great. You want to avoid fats that have been highly heated, pasteurized, processed, um, because that makes them inflammatory. And, uh, when your body uses them to make new cells, the cells will be damaged. So, you know, beef from grass fed cows, grass fed butter, coconut oil, uh, wild caught fish. These are all really good sources of healthy fat. Avocados are good too, that kind of thing. People, and then also somebody sent this in, somebody sent in a question. They said, what's the difference between keto and paleo? Paleo doesn't limit carbs nearly as much, uh, which can be really good for some people. And and I, I think it's worth saying, you know, uh, it, once you start kind of digging into this world, part of biohacking is... Figuring out your body. Yes, experimenting because we're all very different. 
And what works beautifully for one person may not work for another. Mm-hmm. Um, so, also, within keto itself, people have different carbohydrate yes. like tolerance levels. Like some people really have to stay really low to stay in keto, and then other people can tolerate more. And same with protein. Definitely. And yeah, so I I actually I'm on the upper range. I have to keep my fat at about seventy five to eighty mm-hmm. percent. Um, some people can drop to seventy or even sixty. Um, so do you do you track like macros? I or did. About- I did it first. Uh-huh. Um, there's this, and then you got the hang of it. Yeah, and, and if you're starting out, there's this great free app called My Keto, and you just put your whatever food you're eating into it every day, and it um, helps you figure out you know how much food you should be eating, um, what ratios you want from fat, carbs, and protein, and I recommend doing that for the first maybe week or two because um, you're eating like it's it's you have to work to eat that much fat yeah it's people a lot don't more realize think. and a common mistake is doing too high protein eating a lot of say meat even if it's fatty meat um, you're better off you know doing a small portion of say salmon and a big side of veggies and drenching all of it in some delicious high fat sauce yeah I just want to interject right now and say, if you are struggling with an eating disorder or on the, like, I don't know, I think you might be what we're saying right now. Like <laughs> you need to work with somebody who you need to work with somebody, work with therapists with somebody who knows what they're talking about in terms of nutrition. Um, like that specialized, specialized with your body. Don't just try and do some random diet right now. So I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're talking to the general public right now. I would have never tried to do keto while I was struggling with my eating disorder um, or tried tracking my macros. Um, just get individualized attention. So I just want to put that out there right now. And it's also worth saying uh, you can get so caught up in calories and macros and all yeah. this, but ultimately the most important data point, I think, is how you feel. Um Mm-hmm. You know, eat in a way that makes you feel energized all the time mm-hmm. and keep tweaking until you find that. Yeah. And that's what like. So do you do you check your ketones? I do. I have a blood meter mm-hmm. and I prick my finger once a day uh, just to make sure that I'm in ketosis. Yeah. And th- that's something that in the keto community is kind of. I feel like kind of controversial depending on who it is, but I feel like, you mean, if you want to like track that, that's totally fine. But also there's a lot of people that that's triggering for, I think women mainly. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you have to do, you know, like we're, we're saying this. I mean, like, I guess if you are like, want to make sure you're in keto, I personally am like, just like higher fat, lower carb, try and do that. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you're somebody who's, perfectionist and it's like you know what i'm saying yes definitely i'm i'm a little crazy like yeah i like uh i don't know i like i like getting like a yeah. numerical reading of how i'm doing and kind of tracking data over time that's the scientist mm-hmm. in me but um it can be you know again the, the most important data point is how you feel and exactly it can be valuable to just do it based on intuition mm-hmm. um and you know 
and that goes back to your question about paleo versus keto. Um, paleo is a little bit more lax and some people find that they do a lot better on that. Maybe even for psychological reasons, because, you know, feeling restricted is one of the number one reasons people quit diets mm -hmm. and keto can feel restrictive to some of us. And if that's the case, you know, others freeing though, definitely. like for me, it was freeing. I enjoy the structure. Yeah. Um, I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat day to day. And the food I'm eating is delicious, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So bringing it back to, okay, so do you, you intermittent, do you intermittent fast every single day? Like I said, I'm a little crazy. Uh, I, I do almost every day. So maybe five days a week, I will uh, only eat one meal a day. So I will fast for like, 23, 24 hours. And every day around five or 6 PM, I'll have one really big, high fat, low carb meal, you know, um, salmon, grass fed steak drenched in butter with a huge serving of veggies on the side, maybe some nuts. Um, maybe I'll make a keto dessert mm -hmm. if I'm feeling like I want to feisty. indulge. Yeah. Feeling feisty. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, and I've gotten to a point where I feel really good doing that because the other nice thing about keto is hunger changes. It doesn't feel the same. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're on a high carb diet, your insulin and your blood sugar kind of go through these ups and downs and it's like a roller coaster ride and you feel great and have lots of energy and you crash a couple hours later with keto. There's no sugar in your system. So that's nice and stable and hunger doesn't feel as kind of immediate and pressing like you're going to pass out if you don't get food it fades to this background annoyance or awareness um and and during the time you're fasting you are burning your own fat stores so mm -hmm. you're losing fat and the energy you get from burning those is going straight to your brain so you feel really mentally sharp um so I fast pretty much every day. I do all my work in a fasted state. And then at the end of the day, I'll eat this big, amazing meal. Yeah. But you're like also really intense. I am. Can you give an example <laughs> of, because it doesn't have to be done that way, people. No. Um, also, we'll get to this in a second, but you're also a man. So yes. Um, could you maybe give people an example of what a not so intense <laughs> keto day of eating might look like absolutely so uh if you don't want to fast like i do you could maybe wake up in the morning and uh, if you haven't tried bulletproof coffee it's really good um you know i'm i have no affiliation with bulletproof anymore i no longer work for them but their their coffee and their diet you can find recipes for both yeah. or guides to both online um I suggest checking them out, but you know, you could start your day with bulletproof coffee. Um, or if you prefer solid food in the morning, you could do maybe, um, eggs, a couple of eggs with some high quality bacon and avocado on the side. Yeah. Make sure that bacon doesn't have sugar. Yes. And make sure it is pasture raised. Yeah. Okay. Uh, same with the eggs. And then lunch you could have, you know, um, Maybe a burger with, um, if you tolerate it, you could put some grass-fed cheese on top and 
a side salad with, you know, olives and nuts and high fat dressing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for dinner, maybe grass fed steak or wild caught salmon. Like I keep saying, they're Mm -hmm. both kind of staples in the keto diet. Mm -hmm. Um, with another side of veggies, say roasted Brussels sprouts or uh, broccoli, whatever, whatever yeah. floats your boat. Okay, so there are a few things that people are going to say when they hear that. Mm. First, they're going to say, isn't that a ton of meat? Yes. <laughs> it's but worth, is it? Well, it's worth saying, uh, like, you're doing smaller portions of meat, or you... I think you'll probably do better if, if they're smaller portions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not eating like a 16-ounce steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. And you can also, I mean, we don't need hundreds of grams of protein a day. That's a myth that's kind of been perpetuated by the bodybuilding industry mostly mm-hmm. uh, to sell whey protein powders and things like that. And these crazy shakes that have, you know, don't far too much protein. Don't get on the protein yeah, powders. Um, and of course, there's all kinds of other crap in yeah. that usually. But um, no, I mean, if it feels like you're eating too much meat, you can definitely scale it back and maybe only have meat one meal a day and focus on the veggies. Uh, just have a big high fat salad for lunch. How can people figure out how much like protein to have at a meal? So I think a good rule of thumb is um, take your weight in pounds and divide it by two. So like I'm 200 pounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Divide by two, that's 100. That's about the number of grams of protein that I get in a day, and I feel great on that. Um, and and so how many grams of protein is, say, like in six-ounce salmon filet? You know what I'm saying? Just so people yeah. would understand. Um, oh, let me think. Like, it, Could somebody eyeball this? Yeah, totally. I mean, you don't have to be that precise you don't Mm -hmm. want to go really high on protein because your body can convert it to sugar uh, through a process called gluconeogenesis so you want to and that'll take you out of keto so you want to keep it pretty low um but you know a six ounce serving of steak i would guess has anywhere between 30 and 40 grams of protein okay um so a couple of those a day and you should be good, especially if you're lighter than 200 pounds. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's worth saying, you know, one of the common fears, which I had actually when I started keto was, well, that's really low protein. Like, won't I lose muscle mass? Mm-hmm. No. In fact, I've been steadily gaining muscle at a pretty ridiculous rate since I started keto. Um, I'm at the heaviest and leanest I've ever been. Okay, we're going to get to that in a second. Mm. I have like so many things I want to make totally. sure I cover. Let's talk about it. Um, okay, and then so like non-starchy veggies is there a limit yes um the general rule is you want to keep under 50 grams of carbs a day total and veggies green veggies all of that they aren't terribly high in carbs but they do have them and you want to be aware of that and some have more carbs than others like brussels sprouts are actually surprisingly high in carbs i know it sucks it does (laughs) it's my favorite (laughs) yeah um so you know five to ten servings of veggies a day um find something that feels Mm -hmm. right and stick to the lower carb ones you want to avoid leafy greens good leafy greens yeah generally Um, safe. you know 
squash is a little bit higher in carbs. Sweet potatoes are higher in carbs. Yeah. You can still have them on a keto diet, but in lower amounts. I'm glad you said that because I wanted to bring that up. Like people are like, oh, what? I can never have a sweet potato again. I'm like, no, you can. You can. Um, I just wouldn't eat, you know, two or three of them in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing people I know after hearing that would be like, isn't that so many calories? Mm. And we kind of addressed this before, but I'll let you do this. <laughs> Fat fills you up. Yeah. Uh, in a sustained, it gives you sustained energy for hours. And because again, there's no kind of roller coaster ride of blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that you actually have to eat far less than you'd think. Um, and the nice thing about eating a diet that's hot, that's all, you know, high quality whole foods is you can eat until you're full. And, um, that's a good measure is, you know, stopping when you're full as opposed to stopping at a certain calorie limit and you don't have to overeat. You don't have to undereat. Uh, one of the saddest things I see is, all these people who are starving themselves trying to lose weight. And that's what you have to do to lose weight. If you're eating this like standard American diet, that's all processed crap because it's all so bad for you. It's just destroying your body and you have to starve yourself to compensate for all the damage it's doing. Mm-hmm. And just calories in versus calories out. It's not that simple. Like, no, um, my favorite rebuttal to that. I forget who said it. Uh, some doctor, (laughs) he, he says, you know, people have this idea that, um, it's only calories that affect your body. Well, there are no calories in cocaine. Yeah. That definitely affects your biology. I mean, we're just, we're more complex than calories in calories out. Yeah. You can eat more calories and lose more weight. Correct. Um, okay. Also, can we just, I guess, briefly talk about differences for men and women? Definitely. I think this is so important. It is. And there's a lot of misinformation out there about this. Uh, Keto is very individual. It doesn't work for everybody. And it tends to work better for men than it does for women. Women, y'all typically do better with more carbs. Mm -hmm. Um maybe, you know, 100 to 150 grams a day. And one reason is hormone production. Um, Thyroid hormones, estrogen, you know, you guys are making very different hormones than men are. And uh, if you go too low carb, you risk uh, hypothyroidism, which is no fun for anyone. <laughs> no. So I, again, I would test. Um, if you're a woman and you're you're kind of nervous about that, maybe try paleo first or bulletproof first mm-hmm. uh, with a little bit higher carb and see how you feel on that. And if you feel good and you're in great shape, stick with that, you know? Yeah. And also you can adjust as time goes on. Like there was a time mm-hmm. period when I was like, doing stricter keto and then it got into it and then added in carbs and then like over time found that I liked having a carb every night and like you know you like figure out you like adjust and it it's not you know so things can change over time too 
and people find different sweet spots like I know a lot of women do will will do well with like one higher carb day a week some women do better with higher carbs every night some like it twice like two or three times a week it just depends and it can change you know even say over the course of the month like when you're on your period yeah you may do better with higher carb yeah um or lower carb and this is where the fun comes in is you know you you can kind of tailor this to your own body and find what's best for you and taking that experimental approach and tweaking things as time goes on uh, just to make them better and better yeah um i definitely want this is so somebody asked this question and she said she was googling about keto and hair loss and people are saying that it might make your hair fall out for the first month um but then she said on the opposite end she read that it might be good for hair growth (laughs) (laughs) so the first month that's interesting and if you're going to try keto uh the first two weeks are rough and the reason is your body is used to burning sugar. This and is called the keto flu. The keto <laughs> flu. You, you may get flu-like symptoms, low energy, uh, just feeling kind of sick and like crap for the first two weeks, sleeping poorly because uh, your body's used to sugar and you're taking it away and replacing it with fat. But your body doesn't know what to do with the fat yet. So like with me, um, when I transition into keto, my body will wake me up at 3 a.m. on the dot every night. And it's a spike in cortisol because my body is like, dude, why are you sleeping? Like, we don't know what to do with all this fat. Get some sugar in your system. And uh, you just got to ride out those first two weeks until your body figures it out and switches over to fat burning. Um, yeah, you got to push through, man. You got to push through. <laughs> yeah, it, those are freaking rough. <laughs> and if you try this, just hold strong for the first two weeks and one day you'll feel the shift. You'll wake up and you'll feel fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, also, if your hair falls out, you might want to add more carbs in. <laughs> right. So, the, yeah, and, and that. So, uh, hair loss is a symptom of hypothyroidism. Yeah. So, if you're losing your hair on keto, add more carbs. It's more likely to happen to women than it is to men. Um, or if you're under eating like i think people blame things on keto Mm -hmm. like for example when i was just under eating and hadn't didn't even know what keto was but i was just under eating i was losing my hair you know so maybe you're accidentally under eating a lot like that's why a lot of people who suffer with anorexia lose their hair Mm -hmm. so yeah um somebody also asked how does it affect diabetics (laughs) i'm not a doctor yeah i can't give medical advice that said, studies show mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that keto is amazing for diabetics. And the reason is, again, you know, balances your blood sugar. Yes, you're not, you don't have to deal with <laughs> insulin spikes or blood sugar spikes. You're not running on the biggest issue for diabetes, which is sugar. Yeah. And um, there are studies that show that keto reverses pre diabetes and is a very, very effective tool to manage diabetes. Side note, I would just like to acknowledge how much of the information or how much of the advice given to diabetics by the mainstream doctors is bullshit and yes. literally just making them sick. Mm-hmm. Just need to put that out there. So definitely do your, do your own research. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. The other thing, let's just kind of, I realized we never even said, maybe quickly, just like, what are your top keto benefits? Ooh, that's a good question. Fat loss is the biggest one. Um, Within a couple weeks of going keto, I lose a significant amount of fat. I lean out and you, you lose water weight and your inflammation is lower. So you look ripped really quickly. Um, which, you know, appeals to my Mm -hmm. vain self. Mm -hmm. Um, mental clarity is amazing. Um, you just feel sharp all the time. You can get a lot more done. You don't have to grasp for thoughts. It's like all of your thoughts are alphabetized in a bookshelf and you can pull them out whenever you want. The third one is that you can eat well. I mean, there are so many tasty foods that are high fat. And again, steak, salmon, avocado, olives, nuts, you know, all of the butter. Uh, coconut oil, all these delicious foods, and you can make them a main part of your diet every day. And you don't have to eat all the fucking time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and you can go for hours without eating, too. You know, if you are in an airport and your plane's delayed six hours, you'll be okay. Fine. Yeah. You don't have to worry about food. It's, you'll just feel, you'll feel good. You'll have nice, steady energy the entire time. Yeah. Um, Okay, also, let's talk about this in terms of... So, for example, when you were first doing keto, did you, or I guess Bulletproof... Actually, we'll start there. What differences did you notice between when you were doing the Bulletproof diet to like when you went strict keto? The Bulletproof diet made me feel better than I ever had. Uh, I didn't realize it was possible to feel that good day to day. So I stopped there, and... You know, energy levels were great. Focus was great. I looked pretty good. I would say when I did keto, I realized that Bulletproof only got me about 80% there. Keto kicked me up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Keto kicked me up another 20%. And again, this is me. This is, it's a very individual thing. Um, But when I went keto, I just noticed I burned more fat. I felt more clear. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was even less hungry. Who shouldn't not do keto? I'm less, I'm hesitant to recommend it to women. Um, Or less likely to. I would say test it Mm -hmm. and see how you feel and really pay attention. Um, So researching like cyclical ketosis and just, that's why I just think like in general, like people will feel better if you're higher fat, lower carb. Definitely. And and you don't have to get so caught up in like, am I keto or not? Right. And and even if you don't do keto, I mean, I, I would recommend trying a high fat diet mm-hmm. to pretty much everybody, um, whether it's keto or paleo or bulletproof mm-hmm. or primal or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. And then going off of, so did you, what about keto and exercise? Let's talk about that. There's a lot of debate about this. Yeah, so much. Yes. What What did you do? So some people swear that you need carbs after you exercise. 
and that if you're only running on fat, your results are going to go to shit in the gym. That has not been my experience. Um, I am lifting more than I ever have. I can I move better. Um, I, I don't really subscribe to that. And studies show that keto athletes versus normal athletes, um, they're still producing both groups fill up their muscle glycogen, which is a form of sugar. Um, it's not, we don't entirely know how that happens with keto athletes, but they perform the same and their muscles stay in good shape and recover just as quickly in both groups. So, uh, at least for endurance training, no studies on weightlifting yet, but so I, again, go with how you feel, but I don't really worry about lifting with keto or working out with keto. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting how, well, I know some people say that, you know, if you're doing keto, no aerobic, like it doesn't work for aerobic activity, but it's great for anaerobic, but like I've seen it the other way too. Yes. And what about, um, like, so then would you train fasted or what did you do? I do train fasted. Um, like let's get into the biohacking part of this, like with mm, exercise tips for people, I guess tips for people. So I get bored with exercise very easily. Mm -hmm. I've kind of stopped. I've stopped lifting regularly. I never run anymore. I fucking hate it. Mm. What I've been doing lately, you know, I, I, I'm a writer. Um, for the last two years, I've been sitting maybe eight, nine hours a day. And do you, do you not have a standing desk? I do not have a standing desk. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. We're going to fix that. Yes. I want one. Uh, but it, so I'm, I'm sitting all these hours every day. And one day I went into the gym and went to do a deadlift and realized that I couldn't reach the barbell on the ground. And my lower back, my hamstrings, my ankles, they're all too tight. Um, and that was a wake up moment for me. You know, I realized that lifting is great, but you have to be able to be mobile and kind of move your body in 360 degrees instead of doing these kind of one direction um, up, down, push, pull exercises that lifting and even things like yoga mm -hmm. typically have. So I started researching mobility training and I came across this guy named Ido Portal. Uh, it's spelled I D O and his last name is spelled like portal. And he, uh, doesn't use any weights. He, focuses he has all these weird movements that kind of throw you way off balance you know balancing on one foot in these really strange positions and uh and then moving while you're in that position and what that does is it stresses your muscles and your joints in really unusual ways and builds all these little stabilizer muscles and expands your range of motion and 
you know, if you ever look at a gymnast, for example, on rings, um, they have such insane control, Mm -hmm. right? There's no shaking. They can just lift themselves up and hold themselves in these crazy positions. That comes from this style of training where you're moving in all directions and you're focusing on control and stability. And the other nice thing about this kind of training is it's a lot of fun. Um, If you get bored, you can just throw in new moves. You can find all of these for free online, all all these programs and switch things up and you're learning skills. Um, you're not just going to the gym and banging out a set of bench press and you're, you're learning to move your body in all these weird new ways. It's kind of like dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I've been doing lately. Yeah. And it's been working really well for me. Do you think that, what about somebody who like wants to lose weight? Do you think that's efficient? What yeah. would you say? It has been for me. I've, like I said, I'm the leanest I've ever been. I've been burning a lot of fat. Yeah. Uh, I also jump rope. Um, I've. Have you ever done CrossFit? No. What do you think of that? It makes me nervous. Me too. <laughs> um, the, this idea of kind of doing as many of these big compound lifts as you can in a short amount of time. Uh, I think if you're going to do that, you must have impeccable form. Otherwise, it's only a matter of time before you get injured. And yeah. uh, and if, if classes are like 20 people, there's no way the instructor is paying attention to every person that carefully. Yeah. I think I think that was such an interesting like debate because I think that um, for so long, people were afraid of lifting super heavy, or at least women. And then, then it became, you have to lift as heavy as you can. And like... Now I'm like, I don't know. I feel like we're going too extreme, you know, and people are just like, want to do what's the most efficient thing, you know? I think consistency is the most important. Yeah. And by the way, ladies, uh, if you're not lifting, I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's, you know. But do you think they need to lift as heavy as they can? No, but I think lifting heavy every now and then does have real benefits. Uh, You're not going to get like female bodybuilder bulky i think that's the biggest concern i hear you're not you're gonna get toned and fit and uh really fit toned girl like Mm -hmm. coming take this from a guy it's the sexiest thing in the world like strong is the new skinny but do you think that people could just like be good with body weight movements like what you're doing i think so i mean uh i certainly have been Mm mm-hmm but do you think that's because you had a base of like... Maybe. I did have a base of solid muscle. Um, yeah. Again, you know, ch- test it for a while and check your results. Uh, I still throw in a heavy lifting session every now and then when it feels right, maybe mm-hmm. once every few weeks. Um, do whatever do whatever feels good and shows you results. I also want to put this in context of diet. Like, okay, in terms of weight, your diet is the most important thing. And like... <laughs> Exercise is like the supplement and will get you, you know what I'm saying? There's a saying, abs are built in the kitchen. Yeah. And 80% of the way you look is coming going to come down to what you eat. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise is secondary. And if you're, say, overweight and you don't, you, you know, you're eating poorly and you're not exercising, I would focus on your diet first. Mm-hmm. This is going to give you the energy to go to the gym and 
just function better in day-to-day life. And I think it's the most important component. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting. I know people will read like, for example, the Bulletproof Diet book and what does he say? Like it's like once a week, isn't it? A strength training or something like twice or I disagree with what do you think? Um, I think you should be moving every day. It doesn't have to be strenuous, but we are, we've evolved to move. We're Mm -hmm. built to move and your body just thrives when you, when you're moving instead of sitting or in the couch or in the office. Um, even if it's just walking, you know, walk a couple miles every day, jump rope, play a sport, swim, whatever, find something that's fun and doesn't feel like a chore, like exercise to you. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of my favorites is jujitsu. It's, uh, it's kind of like wrestling, but instead of pinning people, you're choking them and breaking their limbs. Oh my God. <laughs> but uh, you don't, you don't actually do it. You, know, they, you tap out. I'm not that into happens. that. Um, but it's this really fun martial art and, you know, I, I go to a jujitsu class and it doesn't feel like exercise, but I'm drenched in sweat and exhausted by the end. But it's, it's just so much fun that, you know, you don't even realize that you're really pushing your body and exercising. And that is a sweet spot for working out. I think you should always be having fun in life. Um, are you into HIT training? I am. I do. So HIT stands for high intensity interval training. And that is basically, cycling back and forth between pushing yourself as hard as you can to the point where you're collapsing and almost about to pass out and then resting for a short period of time and then pushing yourself again. Um, so for example, you know, sprinting 50 meters as fast as you can resting for 20 seconds, sprinting for 50 meters resting and doing maybe six to eight rounds of that. It's, it should be at such a high intensity that, that you want to die. <laughs> yes. That you like dread it all week. And I wouldn't do it more than once or twice a week, but that can really burn fat. And, and you don't have to do sprinting, right? Do you do sprinting? I do sprinting on the beach, which okay. is low impact. Yeah. Uh, but no, you don't. I mean, you can do push ups, burpees. You can do pretty much anything. The key is just hitting that really high intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, I feel bad. We spent so long and we, Spencer and I talked before and we wanted to cover like three topics. I think we might only have time for two. So we'll do something else that you're really into is meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you get into meditation? I lucked out. I started meditating when I was 10, 10 years old. Both my parents were meditation teachers and, uh, I do transcendental meditation, which is this very simple meditation. It's also expensive to learn and unnecessary. Um, like unnecessary to pay yeah, for it's, it. It's, it's, it's not it's like, like unnecessary in itself. No, okay. it's wonderful, but <laughs> yeah. it's like three thousand dollars. I got it for free mm-hmm. because my parents. You know, I I would lucky. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would. What would I do? There's an app called Headspace that can walk you through guided meditation. Um, If you're into that, it's a good way to kind of break into meditation. You can also just go somewhere quiet, sit, close your eyes, and focus on breathing in and out. Or... uh, 
sit, close your eyes, and you know, thoughts are going to come up. Uh, in fact, there's this kind of false belief that you're you're trying to silence your mind when you meditate and get to a state where you're not thinking if you try you're kind of defeating the point so instead of instead of trying to silence your mind just sit somewhere and notice thoughts when they come up just become aware of them and uh kind of watch them and let them go by and take that step back and become like they're the you know, the way meditators talk about it is there's the watcher and then there's your mind and you are not your mind. Uh, you are not your thoughts. And if you can separate yourself from that and watch them and let them go, you reach this state of deep inner calm and stability that I would say is hands down the most important biohack and practice that I've ever done. I meditate, an hour in the morning and an hour at night. Um, it's taken me years to get to that. You just start with five minutes. Um, Do you ever fall asleep? Never. No. <laughs> Did you at the beginning? Mm-mm. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if you do, you do. And it means you probably need to sleep, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if you find that it's hard to do, stick with it. it. It may be, you know, literally painful, uncomfortable. Like your, your mind will race and... Um, if it's difficult to sit with yourself, it probably means you're running from something in your life. Probably means you should be sitting with yourself. And I would say that the best way to handle it exactly is sitting with yourself. Um, meditation has made me far calmer, happier, stable, uh, and just kind of more aware of my own emotions and the emotions of people around me. And, it's been You're invaluable. You're like one of the calmest people I've ever met. It like actually stresses me out. <laughs> okay, for somebody who's starting out, do you think it would be better to start in the morning or at night? I do it in the morning. I'm a morning person. Um, I feel fresher when I wake up. I also do it at night, though. Okay, um, I'm so interested in a day in your life. What time do you wake up? So... I have an app, which I'm pulling up right now, called Way of Life, and it's a daily habit tracker, um, and I will run you through. I have 18 daily habits that I do every day. So oh, I, my God. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like I said, I'm a little crazy, um, but so I wake up at 6.30, 7 every morning, uh, and the first thing I do is take a cold shower cold exposure increases fat burning um it's good for your mitochondria which power your cells and give you energy um and i find it to be meditative because you start the day kind of facing this little challenge and you know it's going to be unpleasant but you have to you know you're, you're making yourself do it anyway and that kind of gets your mind to shut the fuck up first thing mm-hmm. in the morning how long two to three minutes, not very long. I mean, I, sometimes I'll do longer, but, uh, start out with just take a hot shower and turn it to cold for the last 15, 20 seconds. Um, and then build up from there. Uh, then I will foam roll my muscles. Um, if you're not on foam rolling, it's a really great way to loosen up and increase your flexibility. And if you have, you know, back pain, anything like that, 
it'll really help. I stretch and then I meditate for an hour. Um, I do the Edo Portal mobility workout next. Uh, and that's my morning routine. And then throughout the rest of the day, just to keep myself moving, um, I'll do a total of a hundred push-ups. Um, so just in, 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 you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 push-up sets, a cumulative of 30 minutes sitting in a deep squat with my feet flat. That one cracks me up. I love it. Um, it's, it's, I look pretty silly uh, and I often do it in public and people look at me like I'm crazy, but again, it opens up your hips and your ankles and is a really good way to counteract sitting all day. Um, I'll do 20 pull-ups and an ab workout at some point and then 10 minutes of jumping rope. Um, I'm a writer and I love fiction writing specifically. I think it keeps my creativity sharp and it's kind of a playful way for me to react, relax. So I will read fiction and then write one short story every day. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um, then I have my evening meditation, which is another hour. But again, you could do five minutes. Um, I eat ketogenic every day. That's on here. At least once a week, I'll do a longer fast. So 24 to 36 hours. Um, <laughs> oh my God. The last one is interesting. Um, I literally feel like I'm talking to Ben Greenfield right now. I know, right I'm now. a maniac. I, but it's just, it's, it's what's made me healthy. <laughs> no, it's fascinating. It's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and what we'll, time do you go to sleep? 9, 10 p.m. Oh my god! Oh my god! I get my eight hours every night. Oh my god! Yeah. I was gonna ask you this. So you get your eight hours, but do you feel like you need less sleep? No. Um, and the reason is because I work out it so much. Yeah. Uh, if you're exercising, you gotta get your sleep. Mm -hmm. That's when your muscles repair. And if you don't, you're gonna burn yourself out. How long do the Edo Portola workouts like? Is that fast or is it like half an hour, 40 minutes? Oh, okay. So yeah. it's like, it's pretty quick. Mm -hmm. mm. I mean, it sounds like a very amazing day, <laughs> but it is time. Yes. It's, you know, not everyone has the luxury of being a writer yes. or working, you know, the flexibility, but you know, your coworkers may look at you a little weird, but you can drop and do 20 pushups at your desk. Oh yeah. I'm all for that. And right. literally I can't believe you don't have a standing desk. Everybody needs a standing desk. Yeah. It actually makes me really upset that that's not standardized in the working world mm -hmm. in schools. I'm not even going to get started about schools, yes. but get a goddamn standing desk. It's not that hard. And, but I'm just thinking like, like meditating alone takes two hours. Well, I mean, for me yeah but it could take you i literally am imagining you like floating <laughs> after an hour like you're literally floating <laughs> oh, oh, i wish man. that's the goal right that'd be insane <laughs> yeah this is so interesting so do you coach people for meditation too if somebody wanted that absolutely um i coach for meditation nutrition life coaching Overall in general. biohacking. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're struggling with something, odds are there's a way to 
you know, improve on it and without pills, without pills. And, um, I, the reason that I do this kind of wellness consulting is because I think that there's so much shitty information out there and that, you know, kind of popping pills to cover up problems doesn't work, but then there are all of these all natural kind of health coaches and nutrition coaches that are, don't really understand the science and are peddling bad information. And I want to kind of bring integrity back to this, uh, space and do things that are practical and really work and help people see results quickly. Yeah. There's so much you can do to turn your health and your life around. And the other thing though, is that it is so individual. People Mm -hmm. are so unique and people, you can spend as many hours on the internet as you want and you can learn a lot, but at the end of the day, not everything you read is going to work for you. And And that's why it's so important to have so many focus on you. It's also worth saying though, that it's, it can be so much easier than you think. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Don't, this doesn't have to be a struggle. Uh, it's in fact, it's, it's something that improves your life and makes you feel better than you realize was possible. It's a pleasure. What are the top changes in your life that you've made that make you just like feel better? Like, what do you think are the most important things people can do? Diet's the biggest one, I think. So keto, um, meditation after that, you know, uh, we focus so much on keeping our external world in order, but you have to take care of your internal one too. Mm -hmm. Um, and making peace with that, with, with, yourself uh will allow you to kind of carry that piece anywhere in any situation and be happy no matter what you're doing or what situation you're in are there any weird biohacking things you've tried that haven't worked for you like that people are all all over and you've tried and you're like nah i've had a few pretty spectacular failures um i think that psychedelics are can be a really powerful tool for biohacking. Um, I'm talking about, you know, LSD, uh, magic mushrooms, ayahuasca, whatever it is. Um, but I, they're also really intense and I took a pretty large dose of mushrooms, um, once, Last night? (laughs) Christina's saying that I'm actually coming here from um, Joshua Tree. I I took mushrooms this morning. Um, But, you know, they're they're a great way to kind of expand your your view of the world and question, you know, the nature of your existence and all of these kind of fun, thoughtful things. But uh, a pretty major fail as a biohack. I I took a big dose of mushrooms without really knowing what I was getting into and ended up just kind of in a cold sweat shaking for about six hours in the corner of my apartment. Um, you know, I've tried various diets that have been disastrous for me and I've put on weight and felt like shit. Uh, and I think that highlights the importance of testing things for yourself and seeing what works and what doesn't. And, and, you know, treating your health with respect. I mean, you're making 
even if some of these things are simple, they make major changes to your mm-hmm. life and you gotta, you gotta really commit to them and, and, and research them or have somebody advise you on them and treat them carefully. I think also keeping an open mind, there are so many cool things that you can do to just change your life and people have are so close minded and we're just boxed into what we see traditionally. So keep an open mind. I want you like I think you should come back for a whole episode on psychedelics. I think that'd be really interesting. Happily, I and we don't have enough say. time right now to get into it because I don't even want to start. Because once I start, I just want to hear everything. But are all of your friends into this too? Yes, they weren't always though, and that's a tricky thing to navigate. Is the social aspect of all of this because you're? I mean, you know, I behave like a fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. Um. And what what do people most like make comments about for you? Um, like, is there something that people like? Hmm. Like for me, it's always going to be the food. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that was the biggest one for me for a long time. Um, I would insist on you know grass fed meat at a restaurant, and people would be like, "Oh, you know, are you sitting in a grass fed chair too? Like, what are stupid yeah. jokes like that? Whatever." And um, or you know, God, like, why are you not having a beer? You're such a pussy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was the biggest struggle. And eating is such a social Beer's thing. not keto. Beer, <laughs> alas, is very not keto. <laughs> um, oh God. But you know, it, what I found worked for me was just saying like, Hey, this makes me feel great. Mm-hmm. and it's changed my life and I'm going to keep eating this way and standing your ground. Um, no matter what, what it is, and I, I that's good advice in life. You know, I mean, stick to what you're doing if it's working for you and don't let people kind of pressure you into quitting it. Um, being mainstream is being often mediocre uh, Hell yeah! Find find the fringe and try those crazy things that elevate you to a, you know better performance and a better life. Yeah, I think I mean it can be frustrating dealing with the social stuff, but it does get easier when you feel better. Like for example, people are always people will say to me, "I don't know how you're gluten free," which to me I'm like I feel like that's the easiest <laughs> that's the easiest aspect of what I'm doing. And they'll just like, I don't, I could never do that. And I'm like, well, I know what it feels like to eat gluten. And I literally would never want to feel like that again. So I don't really, when you make fun of me, it really doesn't affect me. Cause you know what I'm saying? Well, and for you, it's especially difficult because you're eating such a restrictive diet far more than I am. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Fuck those people. Yeah, exactly. Like, who cares what they think? They don't know. I'm just right. laughing in my head like, you don't know. And I think a lot of people have gotten used to how shitty they feel all the time. Yeah. And they're like, I'm fine. I feel fine. I'm like, you actually don't. But like, if, if you turn, if you changed your diet, you probably would realize how horrible you felt before. That was the case for me. I mean, I couldn't see the forest through the trees. I mm-hmm. thought that I was just walking around functioning at my best. And then I realized, no, I'm at like... 30% of the way I could feel yeah. when I, you know, and the way I do, do feel now, now that I've started eating well and taking care of myself. That's crazy. Okay. This has been amazing. It's already been so long. You have to come back. Promise me. I will definitely come back. If you want to reach out to me, you can 
probably the best way right now is to add me on Instagram. Um, my handle is Spencer W Brooks. And if you want to connect, uh, send me a message. Cool. Do you have an email? I also have an email, spencerwbrooks at aol.com. You have an AOL email? I still use AOL. Oh my God. I think that it's me and like six 80 year old women that are keeping that company alive. I'm dead. (laughs) It has served me well for years. Oh my God. Okay. Guys, that email is going to change soon. We got to get you out of it. It was going (laughs) to. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. I'll put all all of your info in the show notes so people can go find you. Awesome. I cannot believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you back on. If you guys have questions or yeah, more questions, I'm sure you do. Or if something from this conversation sparked something else in your brain and you want us to talk about a different topic next, send it into actually adultish at gmail.com or you can go to actuallyadultish.com and send it in there and it can be anonymous or you can always message me on Instagram at addicted to lovely or any other way if you know me shoot me a text but yeah so I hope you guys enjoyed this and thanks for listening and I'll talk to you again next week bye bye